Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. So should we start with some updates? Um, I think uh, if I go first, mine's quite quick. Recent podcast, I was talking about my plans to remortgage uh, a couple of my properties to get oh, myself yeah. some some extra funds and deposits and whatever to, to go and, and do it all again. Um, uh, and I've decided not to because I oh. can't can't quite extract enough money. So if I'm going to keep an eye out on, on properties that come up and, and potentially available on the market. And if anything comes up that's cheap enough that could make it work, then I've got it sort of in reserve to mm. potentially fall back on. But, um, but yeah, I think I'm probably about 10,000 maybe even 15,000 short of, of making the making the sums work. Um, sums work in terms of what? In terms of just providing enough uh, enough cash to, to put into a new property um, to give you deposit and stamp duty and all the other bits and pieces, probably a little bit of renovation and things. So what sort of number were you looking at? Uh, I think I concluded that... Um, to be realistic, I needed probably ninety five thousand mm. for um, a new new investment property uh, around around the area I'm looking probably in Hawley, uh, coincidentally where we're recording today. Um, <laughs> Spooky, <laughs> and um, uh, and yeah, I, I think realistically, I could probably only get seventy five, probably pushing it to eighty, maybe um, by by remortgaging the, the properties I've, I was thinking of. So here's a question for you. If the so that's not enough based on the area you're looking at. Indeed, would you consider looking at another area? I often do. So far, I have decided not to actually go down that route, though. So one of the main things I want to do is to be able to self-manage in order to extract a higher return on investment out of the, the properties I'd buy. ROI based on rental, the rental cash flow, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd be looking at buying a property that I would then do probably a light refurb on and then uh, rent out as a single let. Without a uh, letting management agent involved, then that's typically an extra couple hundred quid a month cash flow. So if I was looking at properties elsewhere, I wouldn't be able to do that self-management so obviously that letting agent management fee would have to come off the returns mm. if i was playing devil's advocate as please do <laughs> as i think you know i like to do <laughs> never no i wouldn't have expected that of you <laughs> would you some would argue obviously not me but some would argue that potentially some cash flow is better than no cash flow yes so um Remortgaging, I'm looking at paying interest on on that um, capital raise straight oh. off. So that's that for the sake of keeping it simple, say three percent. Um, so straight away, any investment has got to be looking at a, a return on on investment straight away of at least three percent just to break even. Mm. Um, really, you want the actual return or, or the actual money you you you're making on top of that to probably be another three, four, maybe even five percent. So that means you're looking at gross on it. Um, I can never remember which way around they go. Net, 
Is that the one after expenses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so net, but obviously not uh, before tax. So. Yeah. Um, so EBITDA, as we say in the trade. Say so, so, yeah. EBITDA, earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember that one. <laughs> um, I've now completely lost where I was. Sorry, uh, that's my fault. Oh, <laughs> so we were looking at 3, 3% just to break even. Uh, you could be looking at 6 7 8% um, returns mm. to then actually make a, a profit. Which is high on a BTL. Exactly, it is. And the I think the only way you can really get that in the southeast um, is either to find a really, really stunning deal, which doesn't happen all that often, um, or to self-manage. Um, if uh, I was to use uh, an agent and go further afield elsewhere in the country, um, I think with a standard buy-to-let, you're still probably only looking at returns of in the region of 6% after um, after agents. Um, even in the north where, where you get a higher basic return once you then take off the, the agent fees, you're, you'll be back down to that kind of region. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't think it would really add anything in terms of um, cash flow, or at least profit. Um, and it, it would be a lot harder to manage. It would be a lot harder to buy. I wouldn't want to buy it without actually having seen it. Um, and that means traveling and taking time out to do that, mm. which I'd rather avoid. Now, I know you do a lot more traveling than me. You're, you're far more willing to, uh, <laughs> to uh, sit in a car or on a train for a couple of hours, aren't you, for your your well, yeah, I don't know about willing. I think it's a case of necessity now. But um, similarly to you, I guess, in terms of, you know, once that you've got properties, once the model's moving. I mean, for me, I've realised the importance of momentum. I think once the momentum's there. Now, I ask because I actually am looking at a three-bed at the moment, uh, which is which has just come back on. So <clears throat> I went to view a property probably this time last year, so back end of... Uh, 2018 probably was October uh, November three bed nice little deal actually um 115,000 I'm just going to say that just to really make you feel uncomfortable just just remind me where where is this (laughs) (laughs) it's in the southwest in Plymouth um and it's pretty central but that still sounds pretty good for, for down there it, it it is good. It is good, and it's even better. So so we agreed on it. I actually started the conveyancing process, and then it just disappeared. Like, and I chased and chased and chased, and I phoned up like once a month for six months. And in the end, what I now know is that the owners of the property live uh, abroad, Spain or Portugal, but they live abroad. Aren't the most communicative of vendor. And then I think after June, July, I think it was my last call. I was like, right, I'm just going to move on because it's taking up too much brain space. Yeah. So I've just moved on. But um, funnily enough, I got a call two days ago to say they uh, – the full story is that actually we started the conveyancing process and then um, it was apparent that the uh, leasehold was under – I think it was under 70 years for the sake of this conversation – and they said, oh, yes, yeah, so you just need to extend the lease to complete. And I said, well, that that wasn't agreed uh, uh, within my offer. I didn't agree to extend the lease. 
and I wouldn't have because I've literally I've just been I've just been through this process and it's time consuming quite um financially uh consuming as well mm. so I said I wouldn't have agreed to that and I haven't agreed to that so they've they've actually gone away why it's taken a year I don't know I mean I did it in London and it took six to eight weeks however I got a call two days ago to say oh, they've just extended the lease to 250 years. It's all ready to go. So that's now come back on, and I'm literally in the stage where I'm thinking, hmm, do I, don't I? <laughs> um, because it is still quite a nice little um, little project. So, what, what sort of property is it then? Give, give us a bit of an overview. It's, it's a masonette. It's uh, close to town. So there is a property beneath it, but it has, like, the two upper floors. Like I say, it's three bed. It's a good size. It's got a very awful uh, fascia, so it's really a horrible front, which I really like because it's a small problem to fix if you want to sell it in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong, it's rendering, so it's it's costly, but mm-hmm. c- can be done for a grand, around a grandish, I would have said. Um, yeah, three beds could be rented as such, but I looked at it in terms of putting a, an ensuite into each of the rooms. Um, cause again, there's enough room to do that. So I think it's, um, a quite a good potential property, which is why kind of, I'm asking you the questions about wh- where you're at. So, um, yeah. So would you, uh, would you envisage that being a, a small HMO or, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it would definitely be a, a multi-let property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So three, three letting rooms. Mm-hmm. And you think, um, that, that small in HMO can actually work? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do two beds as well. No, you know, that's not an HMO, but it's a two bed separate rooms. Um, generally, you will get couples that move into it, to be fair. Um, but they'll pay the price of each room if they want if they want it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've not come across many uh, HMOs of, of such a small size. <laughs> You not come across the minimo? Yeah, but I thought even minimos were sort of three to four bed that that kind of mark, not uh, not two to three. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, this is a three. This is a good three. It's got a nice communal room, but it's, it needs work. I mean, that's the thing. It does need work. I mean, I, I'd, I'd estimate fifteen to twenty k on it. Mm. Yeah, so it's a bit. Um, do you um, do you have to license three bed HMOs in that area? You will do because it's um, under Article Four direction. Um, in in the whole area now, so yeah, I, I talk about it so infrequently, but you know, if, you now need planning. You know, if it's but it, but it's it's existing use, so there's there's ways of approaching it if it's been used as a as a as a multi let prior to October 2012. Oh, it has this one then? Yes, yeah, yeah I'm oh, pretty sure it has. Oh, yeah, wow, cool. Yeah, so most of the properties I buy, I mean, that sounds grand, but most of the properties I've bought in the past, well, they've all had previous licenses on them, which, you know, you you do pay for, you pay a premium for it, um, but then I, you know, bring that price down through, you know, usually the quality of the property needs addressing and therefore, you know, you, you, you get back some of that premium, if you like, through that negotiation. But yeah. it does eat into, into some of the profit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is the, the sort of going rate of that, that premium 
for, for having a prior use in, in an Article 4 area? It's a good question. It, obviously, it will depend in which area you're, you're looking at. Mm. I think um, just thinking through the numbers in Plymouth, you could be looking at anywhere between sort of 10 and 20 percent mm. uh, included within the price because it's got an HMO license because it's so difficult. Yeah. And by the way, I completely agree with it. I, I think Article 4 direction is a very good thing for the local areas. I mean, if I live, you know, if you, if you live in an area that is, you know, does have a very high penetration of multi-let properties and you're a family or, you know, if you're just, you know, living as a couple or even living on your own, you know, you, you do want there to be some controls in place to, you know, limit that. You don't want to have a full on, you know, so I, I, I do, I entirely agree with that. It just makes things trickier as a property investor and developer. That's the, that's the challenge. Yeah. Opens up the market for for people who are willing to take on that challenge, though. And that's 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 in that's the thing because what my learning in property in the last few years is that generally it's about what which problems you're willing to solve versus what other people are willing to solve. And you know we spoke on a recent podcast where I didn't put a bid in for uh, a former convent mm-hmm. yep. because I wasn't willing to take on a number of the problems. There were several. And and it, and it did go at auction. It sold for around the guide price. So someone clearly was. And I think, well, it depends on you know they're, how they're structuring the deal and what their exit is and how they're going to use it. But also, you know, how willing they are to solve the problems. And Article Four very similar as most people just say, oh, it's art- Article Four. I'm not going to touch that. A bit like Grade Two. If someone sees Grade Two listed, people run a mile. But Grade Two, their right, problems can be solved they might just take longer and take more effort and more knowledge. I think it's all there to be solved. So, uh, hmm. Speaking of grade two listing, just before I forget again, um, the, uh, the property I mentioned before, the, the old Tudor property that was in, in Rygate. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember quite where where the story was when I, I last spoke about it, but um, it, it had been on the market for, yeah. for a couple of years. Um, uh, sold subject contract, fallen through. Yeah. Um, Went up for auction, um, sold at auction supposedly, um, uh, and then I think this, then this is probably the new bit um, that obviously fell through as well. Having sold or supposedly sold at auction because it, it then um, got relisted for mm. auction, um, and then got I think then disappeared from that auction. Um, I obviously don't know why, uh, but then was again relisted <laughs> for auction. Um, and uh, and just recently has uh, been listed as sold prior to auction. So, strange, so very strange. A, clearly, a tough house to sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the auction guide price is um, two fifty, um, with the, the original asking price when it was on the open market starting at four fifty. So so they've taken there you a, go. a big big hit on that just because it's such a an awkward property, awkward location. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting to see what they do with that. Indeed. Yeah, I'm very. Very intrigued to try and keep an eye on that. I mean, in, in Rygate, obviously, 250 grand doesn't get you much, so that seems like a good price. But Oh, yeah, I like, mean, for, for the amount of house you've got, it's, it's a good price. But. Yeah, but as you said, the, the, the target market with without any parking and... No parking, no garden, grade two. <laughs> um, yeah, not, not, not without its challenges. Mm. I suppose unless you can turn, you know, they turn it into two apartments, that could, could bring it back to... I mean, you, you still can't escape the issue of parking, but... Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's if you can get the, the planning permission, really. Mm. Um, and of course, it's um, right behind a, a restaurant as well. Mm. The, the kitchen door opens onto the uh, little square of concrete behind a restaurant kitchen. <laughs> um, although, um, I don't know if, you, if you've heard, but that restaurant is closing down. Which restaurant's that? The Barb. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, no, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, they're, um, they're shutting up after Christmas. Well, that's a separate conversation, but um, it's a really nice restaurant, but it's very expensive. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, a special treat kind of restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's why we haven't been there for a few years. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we normally manage to make, make sort of one, one visit a year or so. Not normally, uh, normally for our anniversary, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or maybe a birthday. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. So. That's not, interesting. Not, uh, not a regular haunt, that's for sure. And, and presumably, it's um, it's just been been struggling a bit. But it's been there for a long time, I think twenty plus years, I think. I right. Well, I think unfortunately, in business, if um, if a business model's not quite right, then that's I guess that's going to happen. If they're, if they're not making enough money, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Although um, the uh, person who runs it, um, so they're um, taking this opportunity to retire. Right. So it's, I think it's probably. Multiple reasons behind it, yeah. the closing. But, uh, yeah. It's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, well, I'll be interested to see what happens with that property anyway, behind it. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the uh, the sale data coming through um, on the, the land registry so we can see what it actually went for. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, keeping an eye on what, what gets done to it. Shall we, uh, shall we finish up for, for today? Yeah. That's, and, uh, uh, and I know we've got... Got another interesting property that you're working on to talk about next time, but uh, let's save that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Cool. More details on Stuart and I can be found in the show notes at thebusinessofproperty.com.